0: Good morning, good morning. How y'all doing today? Thank you for the worship. That really sets the tone up for all of us to just hear a word from the Lord. Do me a favor, stand and greet somebody around you. Say hello, say hello, take a minute. uh, it good to see you guys here. It's good to be here with you. This is one of my favorite Sundays. Serve Sunday is definitely one of my favorite Sundays to ever be here. It's in just a few moments we get to serve our community together as a family and that is such a blessing to this community and and it's a blessing to serve with you guys. Uh, being my last Sunday, this is a little emotional, <laughs> so I'm gonna have to refer a little bit to my notes and uh, man be praying for me but today I want to talk to you guys about four ways that God loves to provide for his children and we're going to look at one very very familiar passage in the scripture story in the scripture that is uh, talked about in all four gospels and it's one that we're very familiar with but it's not about me trying to teach you something brand new today more so it's a reminder of how good God is amen Like Sometimes it's good to look in your rearview mirror and say, this is where I've come from, and God, this is where you're taking me. And it's so important that we see this as a church about how much a provider God is. I've titled this message today called The Provider. So today we're going to start in Mark chapter 6, so turn to Mark chapter 6 with me. We're going to look at verses 6 through 12, and then we're going to kind of build right off of where and what Jesus and his disciples are currently doing. And it says this, Then Jesus went around teaching from village to village, calling the twelve to him. He began to send them out two by two and gave them authority over impure spirits. These were his instructions. Take nothing for your journey except a staff, no bread, no bags, no money in your belt. Wear sandals, but not an extra shirt. Whenever you enter a house, stay there until you um, leave that town. And if any place will not welcome you or listen to you, leave that place and shake uh, the dust off your feet as a testimony against them. They went out and they preached that, uh, that people should repent. They drove out many demons and anointed many sick people with oil and healed them. I love in Luke twenty two thirty five, and it says when Jesus, and he was actually referring back to this moment, asked them later on, he said to his disciples, when I sent you out, Without bags and sandals, did you lack anything? They replied, nothing. When we are followers of Jesus, we lack nothing. Amen? When he calls us to his mission field, we lack nothing. Because he provides everything that we need today. Let's pray and ask him to preach the service, because I can't. (laughs) Our Heavenly Father, Lord, there's a good spirit in here today. Our hearts and our minds are open to hearing from you. This is your church. This is your scripture. Move in the way that you need to move this morning. Touch our hearts and our lives this morning. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. We lack nothing because he is our provider. Jesus is our provider. About a week and a half ago, Julie went back to school after being on maternity leave. And that means me becoming full-time dad full-time dad mode and everything, which has been pretty cool. And I have a newfound respect for dads and moms that have had infants and kids and all that kind of stuff, because you know very much so that your kid relies on you to provide them for everything they need, especially an infant. They can't change themselves. They can't, uh, can't dress themselves. They can't put themselves to bed. They can't get up out of bed. They just lay there. And that's what Isla's doing right now. So I definitely have a newfound glory. And I'm telling you, the way she responds is she just starts screaming. And I'm like, girl, please, please, just tell me what you want because I don't understand scream. And Liz reminded me, she's like, well, you got you to gotta understand the different screams and the different cries. And I'm like, how do you do that? This, I'm only a week and a half on the job. But I'll tell you what, it's been a blessing. And it's, I've had a lot of awesome experiences just learning with Isla. And I'll tell you what, you guys might find this weird, but my favorite thing to do is actually change her diaper. There was the one job I said I'm not going to do, but it's the one I enjoy the most because as soon as I lay her down, she can go from screen and I lay her down. And when I start to change her, she stuffs those little fa- uh, hands into her chubby cheeks and gives me this chubby grin. And it's a look of like, I love you, Dad. And, and thank you, and I appreciate you, Dad, but, and that's what I've been thinking, but I'm starting to think that she's actually looking at me and smiling and making fun of me, saying, have fun changing that. <laughs> what she doesn't know is payback's coming when I'm like 98, 99, and I don't remember and can't change myself. That's gross. But I'm telling you, it's coming. So anyway, I believe, though, just as Isla and your kids have relied on you for everything, I think that's how God designed our relationship with him is that he is the provider of everything that we have. He is the provider of all the resources and all the things that we've been blessed with. He is the one that has provided us with us, and he wants us to have that relationship with him. Even when we go to work and we, and, and we get up and we're going, he wants to provide for where we're at. He wants to provide in those relationships that we have. He wants to be the provider every single day because I was just reminded by Nate this week, wait, wait till Iowa starts walking. See, she won't need me as much anymore, right? She won't rely on me to feed her because she'll start to be able to do things. And then then those things will happen. But that shouldn't happen with our relationship with God. Is that we should be relying and trusting him on everything we need and everything he is calling us to. And in this scripture so far, in Mark chapter 6, we see how Jesus and the disciples have been sent out, and they're going from town to town in the Galilean region. They've been preaching, casting out demons, and healing people, and they are now tired. They have been been out doing their thing, and they are now finishing up the mission that God has called them to. And it is now time to retreat. Go with Jesus before his next calling on their life. Here's the thing, number one, that Jesus provides, is he provides rest. Sometimes we don't need another task. We just need a little bit of a rest in Jesus. I know that when I am, when I am empty and my tank is empty and I've, I've given everything that I got, there's an angry Caleb that will come out and sometimes a prideful and sometimes a trash-talking Caleb. And that's what I know is like, uh-oh, that's not the Caleb I need to be. I need to be with Jesus. And sometimes he calls us to a rest and to a season of rest and we need those seasons of rest. And so he says, let's go ahead and get in a boat and we're going to go over to the other side of the town where it's a desolate place and nobody's at. Well, here's what happens. The people in the town see them crossing over the Galilean Sea, sometimes known as the uh, Tiberias Sea. or uh, uh, Yeah, and so they see them going on across the other side, and they start walking, and they start following. Here's a principle today. When you see God moving, are you willing to follow him, even if that means to a desolate place? Even if that means that moving out of the comfort zones, even if that means that it may be a little bit different, are you willing to follow Jesus? This crowd had great need and they saw Jesus and the disciples going over, so they ran and started following Jesus where he was going. And so we scroll down and we pick up in Mark 34 in our story. And it says this, When Jesus landed, he saw the large crowd and had compassion on them because they were like sheep without a shepherd. So he began to teach them many things. I love what Matthew 14, because you can cross-reference, it's a good 360 story of everything that's going on. And it says he also was healing them. So point number two is that Jesus not only provides for, our, uh, for rest, but he also provides healing and for our emotional needs. God comes to deal with our emotional needs. Sometimes it's unconditional love, it's hope, it's peace. It's it's peace through our failures and fears and insecurities that we might have. That God wants to speak to our emotional needs. So point number two is that God speaks to our emotional needs. And number three here, he was healing them and teaching them many, many things. And this is number three. The most important thing that we have is our spiritual needs. He's teaching them. It says in Acts chapter 2, the disciples in the early church, they always committed themselves to the teaching daily. And we need to commit ourselves to the teaching of God's word and do it in fellowship with one another because that's how we grow in community is through one another. And so Jesus provides for our spiritual needs, not only salvation, but he gives us the Holy Spirit for direction, discernment, for anything he's calling us for. And so they see this massive crowd, and he's teaching all day, and the disciples are on the sideline, and and they're like, I thought we were getting a little rest. I thought we were going to come here and just kind of relax a little bit, now that we just finished. And then they see the day kind of going on, and they say this in verse 35, by the time it was late in the day, so the disciples came with him, This is a remote place, they said, and it's already very late. Send the people away so they can go to the surrounding uh, countrysides and villages and buy themselves something to eat. But Jesus answered, give them something to eat. They said to him, that would take more than a half year's wages. Are we going to go and spend that much money on bread and give that to them to eat? Now, this is a test. They had just done great miracles and stuff like this. Sometimes God wants to take us and test us. He says, guess what? You give them something to eat. How many of you guys, raise of hands, have ever felt completely unprepared for something, a task that you've been called to? Raise a hand. Raise a hand. Okay, awesome. Like, because that does happen is that when God calls you to trust him, a lot of times we feel unprepared, or we're not smart enough. We can't do that. We can't share the gospel. We can't do these things. But he says, I'm calling you to, and just to trust me right here. And so he's asking them to trust him. It's like he's saying, you give them something to eat. You give them something to eat. The disciples are sizing up the situation. See, a lot of times when I have a problem, I go to where a lot of us probably go to. It's called YouTube. You guys go to YouTube to try to fix things, yeah, all the time. Like when your car is broke, I have this, this thing where I go down to the auto shop and then they tell me what's going on and they say it's like $600, $700. Uh-uh, we're going to YouTube. So we go to YouTube and we try to fix the problems. You can go to YouTube to try to fix like meals. Like Julie, we're like cleaning out our house right now and she's throwing away all of her cookbooks. because you can go to YouTube. They tell you how to cook a meal. They tell you how to do everything. If you just need a friend, need anything. YouTube, they have it. And you need a friend. I'm not, I haven't reached that point yet. I'm doing pretty good. But we go to YouTube a lot of times. But this is an impossible situation, they see. They see that there's an impossible situation. Because there's a multitude of people there. And no miracle has been done like this before. In Matthew 14, 16, it says, and Jesus replied, they don't need to go away. You don't need to send them away. It was a test. He was actually testing, if you look in John, he was testing Philip. Philip's from that area, actually. And he was, you know, just like if somebody came to your area and they say, hey, where should we go eat? You know, they ask you because you know the area. And Jesus is testing them. And Andrew says, you know, you'll hear what Andrew says here. But he's testing them. He's testing where they're going to be. And Jesus says, I'm right here. I'm right in the midst of everything. You don't need to go anywhere, right? Because I'm the source. See, Jesus is the source that we need to go to. And he provides the resource. But sometimes we can get caught up in the resource and forget about the source. You know what I'm saying? Is that we can get caught up in all the things that God has given us. And forget that he is the source that is the provider of all those resources. And we need to know and say amen to that all the time. Like, God, it's you that gave me all these things. It's you that provided for my job and my family and everything. It's you that given me in this peace and rest. God is the source, not the resource. And so he says this, number four, is that Jesus provides For our physical needs, number four, point number four is that Jesus provides for our physical needs. Matthew fourteen eight says, "Bring them to me," because when he asked them how many, what do you guys have? They take a look around. He says, "How many loaves do you have?" He says, "Go and see." They said, "We got five loaves and two fish." The disciples see now these loaves were from a little boy. It was more like a barley cracker. It wasn't like these big loaves of fish. It wasn't like you know we can divide this up. And you got multitudes of people there that we can all just kind of have a little sample. No, these are like small. And these fish are more like pickled fish. And so when he sees these, he says, bring them to me. Bring these things to me. Because I am the provider and I can fix this thing. But sometimes God puts us in situations to test us. Here's the enemy of the provider. And I want to tell you this through the Old Testament, just kind of back up a little bit. is The enemy of the provider of God is complaining. The Israelites were in slavery, as you know, for years and years and years. And then God heard their cries and he rose up a leader named Moses. And once Moses took them out and he put them in the desert and and manna started raining down and he was taking care of everything they needed, started complaining because that's like, that's not the cheesy bread. I need the better bread. That's not the meat. I want this and I want this. And so they started complaining. And so I want to encourage us today that whatever God has supplied us with, be thankful for. Don't complain about what he's given us be thankful for because it may be a little bit different, but he's always going to supply everything you need. Number two is that comparison, is that if we start comparing what God has given us as opposed to our neighbor, we can miss the provider because the provider is always giving everything we need. But if we're always looking towards our neighbor and saying, well, I want that car. I want that life. I want that vacation. I want that house. I want those things. And you miss that God is already providing everything that we need. Amen. Comparison can be such a trap that we can get caught in that we miss that God has already provided everything we need. And number three is control. The Pharisees were rejecting Jesus while all these miracles were going on. They were like saying, this is from the devil, not from Jesus or from God. These things are from the devil. And so you know what they did is they wanted to kill him. They couldn't control the message of Jesus. So the best thing to do is to kill him and get rid of him. But Jesus, when he wants to do an amazing thing in our life, when he wants to deepen and challenge our faith, guess what's going to happen? change. Change over comfort. And sometimes we can get super comfortable. And I'm like you guys where I can be idle in the car. God's saying, I want you to put your foot on the gas and we're going. But I'm like, uh-uh, I'm good here. I'm good right here. I'm eating my fast food in my car. I'm relaxing. Listen to tunes. I am good. I don't need to go anywhere. But sometimes God is saying, I want you to trust me because change is happening. And I want to deepen you. I want to deepen your heart but you can't control him like the Pharisees were. We can't control Jesus. We got to trust Jesus. We can't box in Jesus and say he can't because he can't. Today, I'm telling you that he's the provider of all of our needs in this church. This is his church. He has got it all under control. Amen, church? And here's what it says in Matthew 19 as we wrap this whole thing up. And Jesus directed his people to sit down on the grass, taking the five loaves and the two fish and looking up into heaven. He gave thanks and broke the loaves. Then he gave them to the disciples, and the disciples gave them to the people, and they ate and they were satisfied. And the disciples picked up the twelve basketful broken pieces that were left over. The number of those who ate were about 5,000 men, beside women and children. He said, Bring them to me. How many of you today know that you're in Jesus' hands? How many of you today know that you're in Jesus' hands? Raise your hand today. Jesus said, Bring it to me and put it in my hands. What is your need today? What need do you have today that you need to put in Jesus' hands? Notice what happens here. Is that when the baskets are full and they're cast out, is that they kept coming back to Jesus and he'd fill it up again. And when the baskets went out and they were emptied, they came back to Jesus and they were filled up again. We know this story. It's so easy to forget about this story. It's so easy to just cast it off. But today is a reminder that we need to come back to Jesus. Today, somebody's here today, and I'm not sure who. But today, you need to come back to Jesus as your provider, as your Savior, as your fulfiller of all things, because He loves you so much. He loves you so much. If you've strayed today, if you've walked away today, if you have a need that you're just like, Jesus, you know, where are you at right now? Listen, things do happen in the Bible. I would be ignorant to not tell you this, that yes, there's famines that do happen, but God's always in that famine. Just like he's on that desolate island over there on the other side, the most important place that we could be is where he's at. And today, that's where our hearts and our minds need to be at, in the hands of the provider. So here's some of our response. Seek him first today. Matthew 6.33 is always seek Jesus first when you wake up, when you go to bed, when you go to work. Let's seek the Lord first before we just put on the decisions and start doing our things. He will provide answers for us. Number two, obedience. Follow Jesus. God will always provide for his purpose. When we respond in obedience, he responds in provision. God wants to expand your ministry today. And when he expands your ministry, he will also expand your provision. When you're faithful for what he has given you, he will expand your ministry, expand your provision. Because today we lack nothing in the hands of Jesus. Before the band comes up here and before we take the offering, I wanted to get the message out of the way to kind of give you guys a thank you letter that I wrote down. This for me is the emotional part (laughs) But I wanted to read this to you guys as I finish up. Since being here at this church, God has anointed and provided for this ministry. Anytime we needed leaders, Donna and Tom, you were wonderful leaders. For the girls, you always opened up your house for us for events. You were always there for me on trips. You guys are wonderful leaders. Thank you. I love you. Keith and Lisa, Keith, you've been by my side for a long time as well. You've been on my trips, you've been in my planning, you've been in my cries, you've been in my laughs, you've been a part of my life and I love you, Keith. You've mentored me and challenged me. I love the way that we can banter back and forth and bring the best out of each other. Lisa, you're, you, you've been amazing. Energy to our youth, to our girls, to my, my Julie and me. Uh, just your positive Spirit, your encouraging spirit, your loving spirit has been a blessing. I thank you. Jimmy, you give the best hugs. I don't know where, oh, there he is back there. First time I spoke and I just got done, he was the first one to run up here and gave me a hug. It lasted probably two minutes. It was all good. You're a wonderful dad. You're a wonderful dad. You're an absolutely wonderful dad. And uh, I've learned how to have a deeper faith through you, Jimmy. And I've learned what it means to just be a sacrificial human being. They're just watching you. You're a wonderful dad, and I'm honored to know you. You are my friend. Eric, uh, when I needed somebody to play basketball with, to watch baseball with, to hang out with, to talk, to cry with, man, you've been my buddy. I love you. Thank you. Melissa, thank you for allowing him to hang out with me. I know he can be a bad influence. Joe, thank you for the years that you put into the youth. Thank you for being with me. You've been a mentor to me. I love you. Uh, You've shown me what it means to be a dad, a sacrificial dad too. you got so many kids. (laughs) You're teaching me what it means to have patience because I don't have it. But watching you has always been awesome to be able to call you to talk with you. You've been a wonderful, wonderful leader. Holly, thank you for, you're new on the team, but thank you for being a part of us and and just just bringing your love for youth to this ministry. And I want to thank a lot of people here. I want to thank a lot of people here. like, when we needed a hotel for fundraisers, Sherry, thank you so much. You guys remember the dances? They were fun. Money to buy vans. Charles Brady showed up. When we needed vans for the students, he showed up. I don't mean to embarrass you guys. I just, I'm just i very thankful, and I want to honor you guys. I believe to honor people is very important. Thank you guys for always providing. When we needed financial support to send students on mission trips, you guys showed up to our events, to things. Some of you guys provided a lot of money uh, to be able to, to, do, to send our students to places, and I thank you guys. God used you in a mighty way. When I needed student leaders, I had Sam Lebling who who started it off, I had Hannah, who quit being a cheerleader so she could be a worship leader, learn the guitar to do this up here. What an awesome thing. To Wolfie, who's been with me for the last few years, doesn't have to, but you've been an awesome guy. What an awesome support you've been. Kyle, who's not here today, but he's in good in spirit. Joey, love you guys for uh, always being here, helping us. To Eric, great artist, always trying to do a way to help me to Justin and Ben, Luke, back there in the back, Luke and Caden, some of my student leaders that have been sticking with me into seeing this ministry grow and to doing what God has called them to do. I thank you guys, and I thank all my students that have been here and part of this ministry, and Sienna as well for helping me do, uh, you know, worship a couple years ago, and I appreciate you. And I appreciate, uh, I see him in the back there, but Chris, man, like anytime we needed something for the youth, a youth room fixed up, we remodeled it. Thank you, Chris Moran. I love you. (sighs) And for myself, when I needed someone to encourage me to believe in my ministry and to support me, talking music and sports, that also helped me to be a better pastor, a man, a husband. God gave me Pastor Nick. Pastor Nick, thank you. I love you. You are my friend. When I needed a friend, you know, we already talked about that. Sorry. (sighs) Another person that's always helped me out was Bill. Bill Duffy, what a mentor to me in the sense of he was always listening and encouraging me as well. To Liz, you have been a great friend, a big sister. You've always assisted me in helping me find my keys. I literally mean that. I lose those things all the time in this place. She actually helped me through the through the ceiling tiles once to get in my office because I locked myself out. Yeah, I tried to force her to go, but, you know, whatever. Ministry support, parenting support. I will miss the laughs, the inside jokes, the dance breakouts in the office. You will never be replaced. To Melissa, I have learned a lot from you as a parent. You've been a great support, a great mom, and a great friend. And to all the parents and members of this church, thanks for loving Julie and I, Isla, and allowing us to be part of your family. Thank you, and most importantly, I want to thank my Savior, Jesus Christ, for allowing a very imperfect man to preach his gospel As we have the band come up here and our our team to come up here and i'll pray over all these things i thank you all i love you all be praying for our next journey and what the lord is leading us to Uh, i find myself in this story very much so as a disciple sometimes doubting the lord sometimes worried and scared but as i said when he provides he also provides the provision so if the, uh, oh, our uh, team will come up here, let me pray, and uh, I'll pray over our offering, and I'll pray over this, and I don't know who's closing out because I'm, I'm about to lose it. <laughs> our Heavenly Father, thank you so much for being the provider. Father, I believe that this church is in good hands. It's in good hands because we've got men and women who want to follow you. We've got leadership that are, is doing their best to follow you. Father, provide for this place. Provide for our student ministry because you always have and you will continue to provide for our student ministry. This place is in your hands and it's in good hands. So Father, just bless our tithes and offerings today. Bless our worship and, and the time that we get to spend over the next few minutes just serving with one another. Let this be a celebration of what you are doing. And it is in your name we pray. Amen.